You know, in the world that we're living in today, there are a lot of things being amplified. Um, in our, just in our world, there's political issues being amplified. There are gender and race issues. There's a lot of issues right now being amplified because we live in a day and age where people are loud and passionate and bold about what they believe to be their truth. And so you don't have to look far to hear the noise of our world and of our culture today. We can look in our, in our own lives, in our own homes, and there's different things being amplified. The hard times, the problems that we are facing sometimes can get amplified. Um, relational issues that we walk through can get amplified. Financial struggles that we have can get amplified. Our own confusion and frustration, all of these things can be amplified in our lives. But as followers of Jesus Christ, we are called to live lives where our faith is what's being amplified louder than anything else. Louder than all the noise around us, louder than all the noise sometimes in our own minds, that our faith is what's amplified. So let's look, let's break down what that looks like in our everyday lives. And we're gonna look to the Word of God to do that as our example. But this morning, I just wanna open up this time in prayer. So Father God, I just pray, Lord, that for the next few minutes, God, that you would just be in our midst, Lord, like I know that you are, Father, your presence is here. Open up our hearts to hear your word. Open up our ears, God. And I pray that by the power of your Holy Spirit that you would speak to individual lives this morning. God, that you would stir us, that you would change us, that you would transform us, God, that you would give us hope, Lord, and that you would draw us into a deeper relationship with you. God, that we would walk boldly as men and women of faith. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Hebrews 11.6 says that it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. So our faith in God and his word, in the promises of his word, are what's meant to lead our lives through the noise, through the decisions, through the circumstances that we find ourselves faced with as we're living our lives. So if we're going to talk about amplifying our faith, let's look at what that word amplify actually means. By definition, it means to expand, to make larger or greater, or to increase the strength or amount of. So when we're talk about, talking about amplifying our faith, we're talking about our faith expanding, our faith being made greater and larger and stronger, and that we would increase our amount of faith. The disciples in the New Testament asked Jesus, increase our faith. We're talking about the kind of faith that God rewards us for, like we just read in Hebrews 11, because this is the kind of faith that keeps us diligently and consistently seeking him. So we're going to go to Mark chapter 10, and we're going to read a chunk of scripture in these verses, starting in verse 33. And we're, what we're looking at here is Jesus is setting off on this journey with his disciples. And they're setting off on a journey to Jerusalem. And this is the journey. This is the final journey that Jesus is going to make before he's arrested and crucified. So they set off for Jerusalem. And where we're going to pick up in verse 33, he is again reminding the disciples about what's going to happen. He's explaining again about his death. So here it says, listen, Jesus said, we're going up to Jerusalem where the son of man will be betrayed to the leading priests and the teachers of religious law. They will sentence him to die and hand him over to the Romans. 
They will mock him, spit on him, flog him with a whip, and kill him. But after three days, he will rise again. Then James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came over and spoke to him. Teacher, they said, we want you to do us a favor. What is your request, he asked. They replied, when you sit on your glorious throne, we want to sit in places of honor next to you, one on your right and the other on your left. But Jesus said to them, you don't know what you're asking. Are you able to drink from the bitter cup of suffering that I'm about to drink? Are you able to be baptized with the baptism of suffering that I must be baptized with? Oh, yes, they replied. We are able. Then Jesus told them, you will indeed drink from my bitter cup and be baptized with my baptism of suffering. But I have no right to say who will sit on my right or my left. God has prepared those places for the ones he has chosen. When the ten other disciples heard what James and John had asked, they were indignant. So Jesus called them all together again. So we have these guys, you know, saying this thing to Jesus. Now all the disciples are up in arms that they would say this. Jesus has to call them all together. And just summarizing the next three verses, 42 through 45, Jesus is calming everybody down again by, again, painting the big picture. You've lost sight of what's really important. If you want to be great, you want to be close to me, you want to be great in the kingdom of God, it's not about the best seat in the house. It's about serving other people. It's about pouring your life out for the people around you. It's about following Jesus' example of how he poured his life out. So he reminds these guys about that again. And then we pick back up in verse 46. They're continuing on this journey. Then they reach Jericho. And as Jesus and his disciples left town, a large crowd followed him. A blind beggar named Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, was sitting beside the road. When Bartimaeus heard that Jesus of Nazareth was nearby, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Be quiet, many of the people yelled at him. But he only shouted louder, son of David, have mercy on me. When Jesus heard him, he stopped and said, tell him to come here. So they called the blind man. Cheer up, they said. Come on, he's calling you. Bartimaeus threw aside his coat, jumped up, and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you, Jesus asked. My rabbi, the blind man said, I want to see. And Jesus said to him, go, for your faith has healed you. Instantly, the man could see, and he followed Jesus down the road. This journey that we find Jesus on with the disciples, there's so much that we can learn about our own journey with the Lord. And so we're going to kind of park right here in these verses in Mark 10, and we're going to break them down a little bit. You know, growth is the outcome of following Jesus. The more that we follow Jesus, the closer we get to him, the more our lives are transformed. And that's true whether you have been serving God for 50 years or for five minutes. That's the way that he has designed it to be, that as we follow him, we are made more like him. We are transformed more and more into his image. And we never outgrow our need for growth. 
In this faith life of ours, we never reach this place where we've grown all we can possibly grow. We've gotten everything out of our Christianity that we can get. That's not the case. There is always more. There's always ways that we can grow more. There's always more of God that we can experience. There are always new revelations that he has for us. And that's why we say things like the best is yet to come. And your best days are before you. Not because those things sound so great, but because the word of God tells us that that's the truth for followers of Jesus. That as we follow him year after year, day after day, we are made more and more like him and he has greater things. The Bible says he takes us from glory to glory. And so growth is the outcome of a life lived for God. So today I want to hit on four questions that we need to ask ourselves. If we want to grow in our faith, and we want that faith to be amplified in our lives, there are four things that we really need to look at, ask ourselves, and answer for ourselves. And the first one is this. What are you saying? What we say, what comes out of our mouths, says a lot about the state of our heart and our mind. It says a lot about where we're at in our spiritual lives. Often we can be quick to talk about our problems more than the promises of God. We can talk about the issues, the hard times, more than we speak the word of God. And that's not to say that we can't talk through our problems. Often talking through those things helps us to process, helps us to heal. But when the majority of what we're talking about is our problems, we're getting consumed by them. That's what's being amplified in our lives. And if we're real honest in here today, how many times have our mouths gotten us into trouble? How many times do we find ourselves saying the wrong thing? Like if there's a wrong thing to be said, you just said it. We can all be honest and say our mouths at some time or another, maybe some of you more than others, find ourselves saying the wrong things. Well, in Mark 10, in that passage we just read, we see two different examples of this. The first example is James and John, two disciples that were very close to Jesus. They were in his inner circle, even closer than, you know, some of the other disciples were James and John. And yet we see these men that were close to Jesus losing sight of the big picture. Because here Jesus is talking about his death, his crucifixion. And what are they thinking about? How they can get the best seats in the house. So Jesus tells them all this. He's going to be whipped. He's going to be beaten. He's going to be spit on. He's going to be made fun of. And they say, you know, Jesus, now, okay, can we just pull you aside and ask you a favor? Can you just make sure that once you're past all that and back up in heaven that you save us some good seats? Because we want some good seats for all eternity. Can you, I, we're real close to you, so we just, you know, we thought we could get that hook up in there. Can you save us the best seats? I mean, can they hear themselves, Right? That's a crazy thing to say on the heels of Jesus saying. And yet they were kind of caught up in their own comfort in following Jesus. And how often can we get caught up in our own comfort? We want to follow Jesus all the way as long as it's comfortable, as long as it doesn't require too much of us, as long as we can do it from a great seat, right? But then we look at Bartimaeus, and what does he say? We hear Bartimaeus call out to Jesus as the son of David. And I want to talk about that for just a minute. The son of David was an Old Testament name for the coming Messiah. The son of David was an Old Testament prophecy that the prophets were telling the people that the Messiah, the son of God, will one day come through the line of David. So the Messiah was referred to in the Old Testament as the son of David. 
But this is the first time we find this reference in the New Testament. Is right here in this passage of Mark when Bartimaeus says it. When he refers to Jesus as the son of, of David. So do you get what he's saying? What he's saying when Jesus comes on the scene, he's saying, Jesus, I know who you are. I know that you are the Messiah. You're not just a great man. I know that you're the son of God, and I'm asking for an encounter with you today. I'm asking to be in your presence and to experience you. Bartimaeus allows his faith to be amplified through his word. He boldly declares Jesus for who he is. What are we saying? Do we allow our words and our conversations to amplify the greatness of God? Do we allow our words and our conversations to amplify the word of God? Because if we want to grow in our faith, we've got to speak the word of God over our lives, over our situations, over our hardships, over our marriages, over our children and the decisions that they are making, over our pain over our dreams and our hopes and our goals that we haven't seen come to fruition yet, we speak the word of God to grow in our faith. The second question is, what are you hearing? What are you listening to? The Bible says in Romans 10, 17, that faith comes by hearing the word of God. It doesn't say, surprisingly, that faith comes by seeing miracles or that faith comes by having your prayers answered exactly the way you prayed them on your timetable. It says that our faith comes from hearing the word of God. And that's why it is so important that we're getting into the word of God, that we're reading it, that we're listening to it. Yes, on Sundays being here, but Monday through Saturday, getting into the word of God so that we can hear what he's saying his voice should be the loudest voice in our lives. We battle a lot of other voices. There are other voices present. The voice of fear, the voice of doubt, the voice of worry. There are a lot of other voices in our culture and our society speaking to us. We encounter many other voices. But like Bartimaeus didn't allow the crowd to be the loudest voice that day. Jesus didn't allow the crowd to be the loudest voice that day. We choose what we're listening to. Do we listen and, and tune in to all those other voices? Or have we made a decision that the word of God is going to be the loudest voice in our lives? That we're going to listen and attune ourselves to his word. It's important that we know what we're listening to because we may need to make some adjustments. If fear is louder than faith in your life, you need to make an adjustment. And you can make that adjustment. If, you're, if the culture that we're living in is louder than the word of God in your life, you've got to make some adjustments so that you can walk out your faith in a bolder way. When we open our ears to hear what the Spirit of God says to us, we grow and our lives reflect that. The third question is what do you see? We have two sets of eyes, our physical eyes, but we also have our spiritual eyes. God has given us as his followers the ability to see through eyes of faith. My mother-in-law and father-in-law live with us, and often I'll walk past um, their room, and I'll find my mother-in-law's Bible open with a magnifying glass sitting on top of it because she uses it to make the words bigger so that she can read it better. And sometimes when we talk about amplifying our faith, we can maybe think of that magnifying glass and get that picture in our head, but 
That's what a magnifying glass does. It takes something smaller to make it bigger. That's not what it means to amplify our faith. It's not us needing to talk God up or needing to, to talk about God like we, we got to make him better. Like we got to make his word true. That responsibility is not on us. God doesn't need us to talk him up. He's already great. But the image that we need to get in our minds, this picture of a faith that is amplified, is more like a telescope. And I want you to think about this. When you go outside at night on a clear night, and I always love to do this. Maybe you do this sometimes. You just look up at the sky, and when there is a sky full of stars, it is one of the most breathtaking sights. And it's beautiful. But if you were to go outside and look at that same sky through a telescope, the amount of stars that you would be able to see, it's amazing because that telescope is able to focus your vision to see what you couldn't just see moments ago. What that telescope didn't do, it didn't create more stars when you looked through it. It didn't make more stars. It magnified your focus. It expanded and clarified your focus to see what was already there. That's what faith does in our lives. When we look through eyes of faith, we're able to see the greatness of God and what he's doing, not just our situation, not just our circumstances. We can see through eyes of faith that God is at work, causing all things to work together for our good, even when it doesn't look good, even when it doesn't feel good, even when the situation, it's just not good. He's able to work. There is more going on than what we can see right now. So we look through eyes of faith. And like that telescope clarifies, our faith clarifies. We've got to fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith. Lastly, we have to ask ourselves, what are we going to do? What are we saying? What are we listening to? What do we see and what are we going to do about our faith? Every day we have a choice to allow our faith to be amplified or quieted. And I want us to just think back to this scene with Bartimaeus for just a moment. We read it. We read the verses. But can we picture it? Can we put ourselves there for just a minute? You know, blindness and, and begging were all Bartimaeus had known. This is what he's known. This is what his whole life has looked like. And so he shows up to that corner that day, just like he had showed up every day before then. But this day was about to be different. He had heard of who Jesus was, and he believed and knew he was the Messiah. And here he comes, and he can hear the crowd. He can hear them gathering. He can hear the excitement, and he can hear them getting closer and closer. And he makes a decision, I am not going to be overlooked. I need to see Jesus as well. And so he calls out. But when he calls out, what does the Bible tell us? People don't make way for him. They tell him to be quiet. Bartimaeus, just you're in the way. You're always saying the same thing. We're tired of hearing of your problems. We're tired of always seeing you there. Can you be quiet? Because we're trying to listen to Jesus right now. We're trying to get a word for ourselves. They're trying to quiet him. But I love that the Bible says he only shouted louder. And I also love what it says about Jesus, that over the noise of the crowd, he heard the one. And he called out the one who was calling out to him. And can you picture the pounding of Bartimaeus' heart as he knows this encounter that he was wanting, it's about to happen. 
He is standing face to face ultimately with his creator who in just a few days will be hanging on a cross, paying the price for all mankind. But in that moment, he was focused on the one blind beggar who had called out to him in faith. And so Bartimaeus received his sight that day because his faith would not allow him to be quiet because it rose up in him in a bold way. And we can learn so much from this story because this encounter was, yes, life-changing for Bartimaeus, but it spoke to the crowd, it spoke to the disciples, and it speaks to every single one of us if we'll let it. And it speaks this message. Nobody determined your faith journey for you. Nobody sets your faith journey for you. Jesus asked him, what do you want me to do for you? God has given us access to be as close to him as we want to be, to follow him all the way, to allow him to change and transform our lives. Nobody chooses, not your spouse, not your parents, not your kids, not your friends, your coworkers, not our culture. You choose how close to the Lord you want to be. You choose to live and walk out your faith. We each answer to God for our own selves. And as I wrap this up, lastly, I want to look at this verse, verse 50. It says, Bartimaeus threw aside his coat, jumped up, and followed Jesus. I've known this story for a long time since I was a kid. I remember hearing about this story. And the part about him throwing off his coat never stood out to me until recently. A couple years ago, I was reading it again. And, it's, and that little detail struck me. Sometimes we can look over details, but sometimes details are, are saying so much in a story. And so I started studying that detail. Why did Bartimaeus throw off his coat? And just in his excitement, was it in his way? Did he just need to get it off? Why did he throw off his coat? Well, in that day, beggars were given an official right to beg with a government-issued cloak that that was their lifeline. It wasn't just anybody wanting to make a few dollars showed up on the road that day with a can to ask for loose change. If you were an official beggar, you had a government-issued coat that you wore to say, this is my job. This is the way I earn my living. This is my identity. It's who I am. I am a beggar, and this is how I earn my money so that everybody else passing by him also knew. This is his lifeline. So we can give to them because this is who he is. So every day he left his house, he put that coat on. He wouldn't go anywhere without it because that was his lifeline. So when he stood up that day and threw off his coat, before he could see, before Jesus healed his vision, he had a vision. He had a vision that his life was about to change from an encounter with Jesus. And what had been his identity, what had been comfortable and familiar, what he had known all his life, he wanted something more. Because that had gotten him by, but it wasn't enough. Something inside of him stirred to say, I want more. I want more. I believe that same stirring is inside of us. Because the Spirit of God, the Bible says, stirs up our faith. And if there's a stirring inside of you to say, I want more. Maybe I've experienced some of God, but maybe I've gotten a little comfortable in my Christianity. And I've just gotten a little comfortable coming and showing up and sitting in the same spot. But maybe God is calling you to more. But it requires us to throw off some things. 
It requires us to step past some things, to step past our comfort zones, to step past what's familiar, to step past mediocrity. It's not bad. It's all right. It's, got, it's not as bad as it could be, but it's not as good as it could be. It's not God's best for you. And if you sense that stirring, there is more that the Lord wants to show you in your life. And so you've got to ask, what do I need to throw off so that I can get there? So that I can follow Jesus down the path that he has for me. Ephesians 4.21 says that throw off your old sinful nature. Throw off your former way of life. And instead, let the spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Live a life of continual renewal. Our faith is powerful. Our faith is meant to be powerful in our life. Our faith is not just meant to be put in a Sunday box. It's meant to intersect every element of our life, our words, our thoughts, our decisions, our relationships, the way that we live, the way that we carry ourselves, the way that we treat strangers, the way that we treat the people that are in our life. Our faith is meant to be amplified, a bold faith. But it requires us to make some decisions. Don't forget the power of your faith. It is a powerful tool that the Lord has placed in our hands and has equipped and empowered us to live out. But when we don't, it's like a tool just sitting here that we're not using. So let him stir you this morning to greater, to deeper. Allow your faith to be the loudest voice in your heart and in your mind. Let it be the driving force of your life. As we close, I just wanna pray for people in this room today and I'm gonna ask that you just close your eyes and bow your heads. And there's two groups really that I wanna to speak to. And the first group is this, maybe you're sitting in here in spiritual darkness today because you've never encountered the light of salvation. You've never received salvation and you don't have a relationship with God. And if that's you today, I wanna to pray with you because you can have one. You can experience God's amazing grace and his salvation. But the second group of people also that I want to talk to are those of you who are following Jesus. You've made a decision to make him Lord and Savior of your life, and yet your faith has gotten stagnant. It's not the driving force of your life. And this morning, you feel that stir. You know that there's more, and you want to follow the Lord deeper. You want to be more bold in your faith. You want your faith to affect your entire life. I wanna pray for both groups. So if you are a part of the first group and you say, I need salvation. I want my spiritual eyes to be opened. Would you raise your hand? Everybody else is closing their eyes, but would you raise your hand if that's you? Thank you. You've raised your hand, you can put it down. You say, I know I need God's gift of salvation in my life. I need that grace. If you're in here today and the second group applies to you, you're already a believer but you're not living out your faith like you know and you sense that stirring, if that's you this morning and you wanna go deeper, would you raise your hand this morning? So many hands. Thank you, Jesus. You can put your hands down. I'm gonna pray. I'm gonna lead us in a prayer of salvation first and I'm gonna ask that we all say this in agreement together. The Bible says if we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that we are saved, 
So would you repeat this after me, dear Lord Jesus? Today I ask for the gift of your salvation. I know that I'm a sinner in need of your forgiveness. Thank you for making the way. I choose to follow you as my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name. And Lord, I pray for all of those who raise their hands, God. I pray for all of those that you are stirring in their spirits right now. God, I pray that you would help us to be men and women of faith that we would be men and women who would not sit on the sidelines, God, any longer, that we would not sit in our comfort zones any longer, Father God, but that we would rise up and that we would be all in in our relationship with you, God. This is the time, God, you are drawing us out and you are calling your sons and your daughters to rise up. And I pray that we would do that, God, in a way that honors you, in a way that glorifies you, God that we would live out our faith boldly, unapologetically, God, every day of our life and in every area of our life, God. Be magnified within us, Father, and help us to continue to fix our eyes on you, the author and the perfecter of our faith, that you would continue making us more and more like you, Jesus. We thank you for it, God, in Jesus' name, amen. We'll be